Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money FM 89.3, good morning. You're here with me, Dan Ko, on Your Money with Michelle Martin. Now, it is time for that segment of the day Investment Bites with the one and only Willie King. Good morning, Willie. Good morning, Dan. All right, Willie, on today's topic, we're going to talk about uh, cashing out on a stock. Or, you know, like knowing when you should start cashing on your profits. Because the last time we talked a little bit about stop the, the, the best stop-loss strategy. And uh, you did mention a few good points. And that's available on our Omni as well as our audio channel. You can just search it up, Investment Bites with uh, Willie King. I believe it's uh, the, the best stop-loss strategy that you should know in your investment uh, today. Now... Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about cashing out on capital gains. So let's talk a little bit about what we should know uh, when it comes to cashing out uh, on a stock and uh, what are some key things that we should be aware of, especially when you know maybe a, a stock has hit the ceiling or something like that. What do we need to know here? All right. I think then you probably must have been making a lot of money. That's why you're... That's why your question comes here. Ah, I wish I can say that, really. Um, but it's not been a good th- Thursday for me so far. <laughs> okay, so when when it comes to cashing out on the stock, I think when it comes to more of taking profit, like when do we actually take profit when yeah. we invest, right? Mm. So the the common narrative is that, oh, uh, sell it when it hits, you know, your valuation or your intrinsic value calculation. And then you okay. can say, okay, once it hits that, and then you sell it and then yeah. we are done. But, you know, it's not that simple as to just define your your decision just based on that just one number. So a lot of time as well, I'll take a step back and try to understand why we actually buy the stock in the first place. Okay. So looking at the different strategies. So what do I mean by this? So I'll just give an, an example, you know, a couple of years back when I invested into a company or a stock called... Um, um, Food Empire, which you know we recently spoke about yeah. earlier on Market View, and Food Empire is a is a small cap stock, and it went into you know it it had a really huge sell off um, during the 2014 2015 period where mm. it had a Russia a Russia Crimea crisis or a war broke out back then, and Food Empire because it has exposure to Russia and Ukraine shares actually fell even though its business was still doing pretty well. So at that point in time, to me, the, 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 the strategy in the first place on why you know, I actually bought on the way down, you know, where it went down from 30 plus cents, from 50 cents to 30 cents to 20 cents, I bought it. Yeah. And primarily the reason why is because uh, it's more of a set, special situation play here because I bought it knowing that, okay, if the, the, the crisis would eventually recover, which it did, a couple of years back, um, then you know I will expect the shares to recover, and then I will actually set it off. And this this means that you know my thesis or my strategy is that I probably wouldn't keep um, stock this this particular stock for the long term because number one, the whole approach to investing in Food Empire here was on the bet that it will actually recover because the market has sort of mispriced what. It's uh, looking at the business itself, which is selling a three-one coffee to mm. Russia, to Ukraine, and people are still drinking coffee. Um, the business was still doing pretty well, except that the macroeconomic environment yeah. back then wasn't that healthy. So in this case, it was more of a special situation where I buy, knowing that I'll probably sell when you know the market starts to realize the stock's potential. So that's one way of actually looking at taking profits. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And I believe you also have uh, three pointers that. Uh, you or three fundamentals that or principles that you keep uh, with you, especially when it comes to cashing out on profits. Uh, do you mind sharing with us what is it, what are they? Yeah. So 
Food Empire is actually one strategy which we actually look at. Um, there are also a couple of ways when we actually look at when we want to sell a stock. So number one is when the fundamentals has sort of changed um, in the near term, that means it hasn't really been looking out very well. So in this case, it's not really so much about taking profits, but more on like taking losses. Okay. So one example is a couple of years back, if you still recall the company called Research in Motion, um, this company owns or used to actually make BlackBerry. I mean, they still exist now. So yeah. back then, Black, BlackBerry, you know, in the good old days, it was one of the best um, corporate phones there. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought it, but, you yeah. know, I've made, you know, 20 to 30% loss as a result because I sort of didn't realize the fundamentals was actually deteriorating despite the fact that, you know, it still has a lot of cash on their balance sheet. But what I didn't notice was that it has actually started to string a lot of its free cash flow. Um, its, also, its profits also started to, to drop. So back then, I made that painful decision to cut losses on mm. that particular stock. So that's actually one way or one rule, you know, which would say that, okay, I'm going to sell my stocks. Now, an, another rule is actually when I want to do switches, you know, I want to take profit because there are far better opportunities uh, out there in the market. Yeah. So what I mean by this, for example, you know, during COVID, there were, while there were stocks where I actually got sold off, there were also stocks where we saw actually a good run-up, right? For example, in technology stocks as well. So that also allowed me to say, hey, okay, I'm going to take profit and move into other opportunities where stocks might have actually fallen. You know, for example, selling um, a company like um, a tax, a financial stock, for example, um, a Moody's, for example, a credit yeah. rating agency. So back then, I took some profit and then I redeploy it into, say, for example, your REITs, your dividend-based company. So that's actually one. Um, another one would be your Goldman Sachs, for example, where after the whole 1NDB uh, scandal sort of subsided, the share price started to, re- to recover and then it went back to close to its valuation and that's where, you know, you probably want to switch out for opportunities into other uh, sectors where, you know, there are still undervalued op- opportunities or undervalued sectors there. So there are a couple of reasons why you actually do it um, to actually sell a stock. But for me personally, uh, what I always like to do is to make sure if let's say the business still continues to do well, that means um, if you know, based on its quarterly results, it is still meeting up to your own personal expectations. Okay. Its revenue is doing well, its profit is doing well, its business is still pretty much intact. And you probably know that, you know, in the next 15, 20 years, you think to yourself, I think this business will still be around. Then I'll probably want to keep continue to keep it for the long term. So I probably wouldn't want to sell despite, you know, even though share price has continued to go up. Because um, earlier, you know, I, we, we were just chatting, Ryan and myself, we were talking about this one particular company called Monster Beverage, an energy drink. Okay. And over the last 20 years, it wasn't Apple, it wasn't Tesla, it wasn't any of the technology companies that had the highest growth in the S&P 500. Wow. The one stock which had the largest performance was actually Monster Beverage and it actually grew um, by 80 over 1,000% over the last 20 years. So wow. that's an average 30 over percent annual returns per year. And it's not a technology company. It's a very simple consumer drink company. They made the Monster Drink, right? Is I, that one? Yes, exactly. So it started out as an orange juice and soda business. Huh. And later on, it pivoted by selling its orange juice, um, its juice business to Coca-Cola and right. it rebranded itself into energy drinks. So wow. they actually market their drinks to a very niche group of um, computer gamers or yeah. professional gamers. Yep. So if you see Monster Beverage, it, it, its stock has performed very well and that's provided if you actually held on to it. So it's yeah. not just looking at the fundamentals, you know, it's, it's just not, not just not looking, not just looking at the business itself, but you also want to have the conviction and that little faith that 
the market will continue to go up you right. know, the next year and the year after. Right. And let's say we were to decide to sell a stock at a certain profit and uh, maybe it hit a, a certain profit or a percentage that we actually expected. And let's say we choose to sell a portion of it while leaving another portion to um, you know, continue growing while we enjoy uh, the fruits of our labor as well. Then do you have a, a magic number as to how much we should be selling or when we should buy back in again? How should we think about this? All right. So there's... There's another room for diversification. Ah. Uh, and we can look into the previous <laughs> podcast, which we yes. did. But what I would say is that when it comes to selling, like what you said then, yeah. is when it comes to selling, right, uh, we want to look at it from a broader point of view. That means from a top down. So we want to see on our portfolio, how many stocks we have in our portfolio and what are the positions each stock positions take in respect to their portfolio. And what I would typically do, if let's say if I'm a beginner investor, I have a basket of stocks, but I do not know what to sell. For example, if I need the cash, is I will simply take um, the one where there's the largest concentration or the biggest position and I'll try to just trim it down to make sure that I have an equal weighted position mm. across all the different stocks. And the reason why I do this is because um, I don't want to actually focus too much concentration concentration into one particular stock because yeah. there's always that risk where, okay, what if that business or what if that company doesn't do well? Yeah. I mean, we don't have that crystal ball, you know, over the next five to 10 years, 10 years we cannot predict exactly, right, um, with full accuracy that any business would do very well in our portfolio. So there will definitely be some mistakes here. And like what um, John Bogle, who, who was the pioneer of Vanguard and ETF, he did mention that as long as you are about 60% right in your calls, that means having a 60% win rate, you're actually doing far better than the average investors out there. So wow. this means that you don't, you don't have to have all your stocks all in the green, right? Some can be red, some can, can be green, but overall, as long as, you know, we have uh, stocks which are performing pretty well, I think that's okay, which means that we might not actually make the right call 100% of the time. So we yeah. are definitely going to make some mistakes. That's yeah. why diversification, diversification matters. At the same time, you know, when it comes to selling a stock, we probably, I would personally sell the one where it has the largest portion in my portfolio. Mm, I like how everything boils back to diversification. Thanks a lot for that, Willie. Now, any last advice for those of us out there who are maybe thinking of selling a stock today? Well, so I guess it really depends on your strategy. Um, are you looking at, say, for example, a a special situation where you know that when you buy this stock, you're probably going to sell it at some point in the near future. Or are you looking at really the long-term prospect of the business, knowing that the business can continue to be around over the next 15 to 20 years? So when that happens, then you probably would want to hold on to the stock for as long as possible. Right. Hold it for as long as possible. They call it, um, what, what's that, the diamond hands? Was that right? <laughs> diamond hands or buy and hold, you call it. <laughs> buy and hold. We love that. All right. Thanks a lot, Willie, as always, for giving us this uh, comprehensive breakdown of when we should be selling a stock. And thank you all listeners for keeping us company on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.